an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it is the Lombardi line on a Sunday. Of course, you've got Cincinnati, Buffalo. We've seen Michael Lombardi there, Borgata, as we say hi here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've seen that number go up to six, and then we've seen Dallas, San Francisco dip down to three and a half off the four as we say good morning. A fascinating conversation, and we have to jump right into it as we say hi, Michael. But a fascinating conversation from your perspective on what was happening with Patrick Mahomes. The ankle will be yeah. discussed all week. So I'm just going to let you run with this because it wasn't covered on the broadcast. Let's go. Well, I, I think, you know, what we miss is we have all these people. Look, I've been in the league for 35 years, and, and I kind of have a sense. I'm not a doctor. I'm, as the old Belichick line, I'm not a doctor, but here's what's going on. So I'm not a doctor, but you could tell immediately it was a high ankle sprain, right? And so forget about what the x-rays say on a high ankle sprain. Only an MRI can determine what's going on, what the, the, the ligaments. they don't X-rays don't determine ligaments, but to me – when he was out there playing, and then we saw the scene between Andy, Rick Burkhalter, the trainer, and Mahomes. This was a conversation about if we inject this, if we numb this so that you don't feel as much pain as you're feeling and we can get you through this game, there could be cause and effect next week. Because when you inject something, like when you inject a turf toe or you inject a uh, Jeremy Macklin, when we played Kansas City in a playoff game in 2015, Macklin had a high ankle sprain the week before. He went out and played the next week. He lasted like a quarter and a half because you can run straight ahead, but you can't plant. And then once that, that num- once it, you, you have no strength. So that conversation really was about if we let you back in here, there's a chance you might not play next week. You know, and then that's the issue. And so to me, there was never an understanding of what was actually taking place on the sideline and then what happened at halftime. Like, there's no way he went out there without an injection. They injected it at halftime, which he wanted to do. The, player, the players can either say, yes, I want an injection, or no, I don't. Like, the club's not saying you have to do this, right? So that's clear. And so because the kid wanted to keep playing. But I, I kept saying to myself is, how is this going to impact next week on the turf if they have to go to Atlanta and play Buffalo, his movement is what is really makes him so special. Outside the pocket, completing those throws. Again, 27-20. The Jags do cover. We'll get to what happened with Peterson at the end of the game. Fifth straight conference title appearance for the Chiefs, which is miraculous. But as we begin the show, again, we continue with the big discussion. That's Patrick Mahomes. So what you're telling me is it's a little bit of a cut you know, your nose and your spite your face. I'm trying to think of the analogy where he could play the rest of the game, but it's going to, it's going to then hamper him next week, which is very important. 
Well, he's going to play next week. We know that. I mean, he's going to do everything in his power to play next week. But how effective will he be next week? That's the issue. Like, when you get a turf toe, they in- if they inject the turf toe, you can get through a game. But the longer you go and you the injections don't work. And so right. today he'll get an MRI. So we'll basically see that he, he'll have a high ankle. Now, we won't get any of this information, but there's a real strong probability that he has a high ankle sprain. It was clear. And he can't put pressure on it. So then let's go forward. So we're sitting there listening to the broadcast. Like, why we have Jason Garrett, who played quarterback in the league, standing on the sideline. Like, why not talk about how this affects his throwing? I, I was sitting on the couch with Berman. We're watching the game. I'm like, Bill, they, like this, his lower body affects his throwing. And you could see it, like the throw he overthrows to Kelsey down the middle of the field that should have yeah. got intercepted. Like he had no control over the ball. He couldn't throw it more than five yards because he can't plant off that foot. He has no power in it. And so one of the biggest things that I thought was really problematic was Mike Caldwell's inability to adjust to when Mahomes was in there and his inability to adjust when Henny was in there. Like that's the game. When Henny came in, you got to call the you got to call your you got to say to yourself, "Okay, Henny's going to run classic West Coast. It's going to be spacing. There's no movement. We don't have to worry about the rush. Let's make sure we get on Kelsey." Like we're running zone blitzes and Kelsey's running free like nothing. Like what are we doing? Like there's one the- guy he's going to th- Kelsey can't uh, he's the only guy who could beat us. If Henny throws the ball down the field accurately to Scantling or to someone else, okay, then we get beat. But the guy who's going to beat us is Kelsey. So why not? Why are we zone dogging and having Josh Allen covering him? 14 catches for Kelsey, two touchdowns. You nailed it. In Mahomes' absence, Michael, Chad Henny goes 98 yards for the touchdown. But again, the huge story here, and you're 100% right about the broadcast. They were talking about how he's the type of guy that can overcome an injury like this because he has such a strong throwing arm and he can come from every motion. But that's not the case. Like you're, like you're pointing out here, his, uh, he couldn't push off that back foot. He could, there was he nothing could. he could do with it. Right, and so now if he go now with a week up, right? So if if Buffalo wins, or they know his movement, his speed, his ability right. to escape is going to be really limited, and so they're going to build a game plan around that. If you're a smart coordinator, if you understand it, see this is what Manning was saying, and I tweeted this out. Like it's not about halftime adjustments; it's how you think during the game. Okay, here this game just changed. Mahomes is hurt. Here comes Henny. We got to make sure we're really good in the run front. Let's build an eight man front. Take Kelsey out of the game we can't let Pacheco get going we've got to create a negative play we got to force Henny to be in third and 14 third and 15 he'll check it down and we'll get off this field instead they stayed with the same game plan like and they let Pacheco run and they and they got beat you know and then offensively like I'm not sure what they were doing offensively I know that the broadcast was telling us that 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 Peterson was the second coming of Sid Gilman but, you know, they had 24 attempts at one point in the game. They had 100 yards. They never threw the ball down the field. I know the Kirk get a drop was huge, but, like, we got to throw the ball down the field. Like, this was there for the taking. They had every chance to win that game. Every chance to win that game. And, and they, I don't know what they were trying to do with their passing. Everything was a bubble screen. And how about this? Never mentioned. They averaged more yards rushing than they did passing. they did you're 100% right you're 100% right but the field goal late to cover the nine and a half remember that number closed nine and a half they go on sides there so 27 20 stays under the posted total so whether the game's in Atlanta next week or Kansas City as you mentioned Mahomes will be in a boot all week initial x-rays were negative Michael MRI today Uh, whether we hear the extent I mean, ahead, why doesn't please. somebody explain? I'm not a doctor, but when you take x-rays, it's really to see if the bones are broken, right? And sure. so when you have a high ankle sprain, you don't have. You have a gap in your ankle that, that creates the pain. It's like you've, there's ligaments in there, and you can't see that. I mean, my niece, Alyssa, who's a doctor, a Ph.D. and a doctor, she's sitting on the couch with me. I mean, she was going through it. Like, I was getting medical advice from her. Of course, Big Daddy was over in Hawaii. He was recommending CBD oil be rubbed on it. That's what, that's how, that was his answer for it, you know. He just rubbed some CBD oil on it, you know. God only knows what Big Daddy's bringing back from Hawaii. But anyway, so – you know, I think to me, like, you, you, you got to understand the x-rays are always going to be negative in that. If, if he had a broken bone, if he had a broken bone in his lower body, you know, he wouldn't have been able to even do anything. He wouldn't be able to walk. 
<laughs> couple of gummies and a Gatorade, and Big Daddy oh, says Patrick uh, Mahomes. Big is good Daddy's to go, been huh? big. Just so for the record, every day, Big Daddy over Hawaii, it's a, it's a gummy a day. He's hoping he doesn't run out. It's going to be bad. And of course, <laughs> he's flying. naturally. Naturally, I get a text from him when, when, you know, scaling catches the touchdown pass. You know, he's upset about that. You know, like, he hates scaling when he's on his team. Now he's mad he got a touchdown pass. It's, it, it's really, it should be a book. It, it should be can't a, believe it, it we really let this guy go. TV show. You can't can't yeah. believe we let this guy go. The, the importance of Mahomes passing outside the pocket is really what the big story will be heading into the conference championship, right? Because that's where the magic happens for him. His ability to get outside and move and throw on the run. And if he's hampered, like you said, a good defensive coordinator is going to take advantage of this. Well, he's not going to be able to run away from anybody, right? And you've got to coordinate your pass rush conducively to that. And so, look, he, I mean, he was unbelievable before the ankle. I mean, third and uh, every third down, he was, you know, that game was probably going to get into the 40s if he stayed healthy. I mean, they, Jacksonville had no answer really on third down for him. And if they were going to play Kelsey the way they play Kelsey, the Kelsey might have had 25 catches if, if Mahomes would have stayed healthy. Yeah, Kelsey was ridiculous. What was he, one off the record? And it just every time he needed him, and whether it was Henny or whether it was Mahomes, and we've seen it throughout his career, but just wide open. Where were the adjustments well, from they the Jaguars? Well, they, they, were, they were zone blitzing. Like, the, the, this is another thing. But the, like, not every... Not every play is a blitz. So, you know, when you when you drop a guy back and you bring pressure from one side to the other, you're trying to attack a protection. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to attack a protection. And so when you do that, you know, you got somebody's replacing the person in the coverage. Okay, so you're zoning it off. So Kelsey has this vast land to run in, and that makes it easy for Henny to throw him the football because Henny's the reason he's been a backup for most of his career is he's not that accurate. He he doesn't make tight window throws. You know, he doesn't process quickly. He can get you through when you make the game easy for him. He can execute. He's been around a long time. Yeah, that was one of the more miraculous, miraculous drives where Henny goes 98 yards. We've seen Henny for, what, 15 years now. He did this a couple of years ago for the Chiefs, frankly, so he's ready to go if they well, need he him. Ran, the, what he did, the, if you remember, uh, he, the, in, that, in the game where Mahomes got hurt, he ran for that third and 14. Correct. And he got, and he got, uh, he got 13 and a half yards, and they went for it on fourth down. Sprint left option. Shocking, right? Last night, you know, like Andy on third and two, you think he's not going to call sprint right option or sprint left option? Like, if you're watching the games, like, you know this is what he's calling all the time. Like, I know he's got this huge playlist in front of him, but when it's a key play, he's going to make it easy for the quarterback. And, and that's what he did. Well, it was, it was interesting. The conversation, get ready. You do realize all we're going to talk about is this ankle all week. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's going to dominate the conversation. No doubt. And he won't practice all week. I mean, they'll, they'll make it out like he is. But, look, there's no way that when you saw that, he couldn't push off it. Like, it's why quarterbacks get their power from their lower body. That's where they get the power in their arm from. I wonder what it's like at the Borgata, which is very close to Philadelphia. Fly, Eagles, fly. All-time oh high. 38-7. Grease the poles. Grease the poles, <laughs> Patrick. Grease the poles. Grease the poles. Get ready for the parade. We'll come back and discuss the Eagles dismantle the Giants next here at Lombardi Line. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's never been easier to become a VEASAN Pro or cheaper, frankly. Introductory offer right now, $9.99, so you get everything we offer. And remember, when you become a pro, you get exclusive articles from Michael Lombardi, Brent Musburger, and more. You get the betting guides, and you get the plays every day. I just sent over Elliot the plays from Thomas Gable in college basketball today. Those are for pros. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get those. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line. Hope you're having a nice weekend. We covered the A topic, which was the ankle of Patrick Mahomes. We're going to get to the Eagles as they fly past the Giants. Ben Baby's going to join us, Michael, coming up in 11 minutes. He's the Bengals reporter there at ESPN. Bucket, Brian Broadus is going to join us. <laughs> My uh, man. The former scout, 105.3, the fan in, of course, Dallas. And Matt Mayako is going to join 49ers. So we've got you covered, Thomas Gable, as well. Uh, I guess we, just, we should start 38-7, dismantling I just want to get a vibe check. Where's the city of Philadelphia right now? I'm assuming they're out of control. They should be. I mean, look, that was a dominating performance. And they, you know, from the beginning of that game until the end, they were in complete control. They had the lead. They were in complete control. uh, And, you know, it's this whole adage, you know, you have this momentum going in. Well, every team that wins in the wild card round has momentum, right? But momentum gets stopped when you play a superior team. And I thought last night the Eagles by far were the superior team. The Eagles offensive line dominated this game. They, they were by far the best unit on the field. The defensive line was by far the best unit on the field. And Hurts got a chance to play without really having to play, right? I mean, you know, he makes the great 40-yard throw earlier in the game. But, you know, we're talking about a team that, that had 44 rushes for 268 yards, averaged 6.1 yards a carry. They never really were out of the game. And the Giants, it was really clear, the Giants' lack of talent, lack of personnel showed up. They just had no answer. They had no answer for it. And neither Kafka, Mike Kafka, or Don Martindale, the play callers for either side, had any answers on their play sheet. This was a game about... The Eagles were far superior. And I think what we said yesterday on the show about the Eagles, you know, about the Giants, you know, they beat – after the bye week, they barely beat Houston. They tied Washington. They beat Washington, and they beat Indy. You know, and they really – you know, they're not this elite team. They had a great year, great coaching staff, great job. And I think the underlying conversation here is Daniel Jones – and, I, and I've said this about Daniel Jones for four years. Daniel Jones, when he has to play fast, when he has to speed up his game, is not the same player. And last night he had to speed up. And if they want to pay him $40 million, that's going to be a hard, hard uh, chance for them to turn around and build this back. Michael, the game closed eight. Obviously was never really a concern for Philly backers, 38-7. Close 47.5-48 at a couple of shops, so it stays under the posted total. But you mentioned the dominance. How about this? I mean, they were 10 of 14, so super efficient on third down. They ran for 268, threw for just 148. And the Giants were on their back foot the whole entire – like the run game was debilitating. The Eagles were just absolutely dominant in the run game. Yeah. They couldn't stop. They never could get control of the game. I mean, they never could get control of the – 
the linebacker speed of the Giants was they, was bad. I mean, they couldn't set it inside out, so they couldn't defend the edges and hold up inside. And they couldn't run and chase them down. And so, you know, the Eagles could have done anything they wanted to do in that game. They could have named their score, frankly. I mean, they could have named yeah. their score in this game. And, and they just were the better team. And their front, their defensive front, made – you know, Neal struggled. Evan Neal, the right tackle, struggled. They couldn't really handle it. And once Jones had to speed up, you know, and, and then he, he kind of got a little indecisive, then the game was over. And, and I just think to me as Giant fans, look, it was a great season. But, you know, the reason you didn't pick up the option on Daniel Jones's fifth year is because there's some flaws in his game. It, it, there's some flaws in his game. And when you can't get, you know, Barkley was able to run the ball. But, again, Philly gets ahead of you. And now where's Barkley? You can't use Barkley. It's all on Daniel Jones. You know, even though Daniel Jones only had 27 passing attempts, you know, what he, he, he throw for 135 yards? There's no plays down the field. He couldn't make a play down the field. So the Jones backers will say they don't have a ton of talent on offense. You're not – assuming they're going to move on from Jones. You're just talking about what they'll end up paying Jones, correct? Exactly. I, I think to me, what the, when, when you defend Daniel Jones by saying we don't have enough skill around him, I would say you're completely correct. The problem is if we pay Daniel Jones $40 million or $45 million, that's going to limit how much skill we have around him. Yeah. So exactly. where are we going here? Now, if Daniel Jones wants to make $25 million a year, okay, let's have that conversation. Can we win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? We're going to have to be really good in every other area. We're going to have to be really good. And he's going to have to understand that. Like, if he wants to get paid the market value for a quarterback, we're better off trying to draft one and do what the Eagles did and go through this, okay, we're going to develop this quarterback so we get the team around them good. I mean, the Eagles are a really good team around a a quarterback on a rookie contract. Now they're going to pay Hurts, and all of a sudden that's going to change the dynamic of their team, but they've got a lot of young players. Yeah, the Eagles have those Seattle Seahawks vibes with Russell Wilson early in his career right now. And there's really, look, we can move on to Cincy and Buffalo because I don't know what else there is to say, Michael. That was an exquisite performance from Philly. Is there anything moving forward that would concern a better? Or you're just, it was it was obviously a mismatch there against the Giants. Right. I mean, look, I mean, we've said all year that the Giants and Minnesota were not good teams that made the playoffs. We know that, right? And the fact they beat Minnesota tells you how fraudulent Minnesota was as a 13 feet. So I think you got to dismiss it. This was a mismatch. You know, People, I mean, I said on Angelo the Eagles would win 31-20. to 20. I wanted to take the Giants up to 14 because I thought they would be more – I mistakenly thought they would be more competitive than they were. I really did. I thought they would be a little bit more competitive. I thought they could keep it closer. But I think what we learned here is betting as a better in a betting market is forget about the last week of the season and these teams coming off of buys. You know, the matchups, it's all about the matchup. And this matchup, the Giants – didn't have a chance and they could play this game 10 times and the Eagles are going to win 10. Giants never found their equilibrium. They were always off balance and if the well, they Eagles could, can keep it. It starts up front, right? They couldn't block them and they couldn't protect. They couldn't block them and they couldn't, they couldn't get pressure. I mean, they, yeah. they couldn't get they couldn't disrupt them. They couldn't create a negative play. I think they created like one negative play in the game. When you, can, when you have control of both lines like they did, you control the game. So we're going to have Ben Baby Eagles, excuse me, Bengals perspective coming up in about five minutes. So let's start a quick cap of this and then we'll get extensively into it. Three weeks after the traumatic event that shook the NFL, Michael Lombardi, the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills will meet again with a spot in the AFC championship game on the line. Of course, week 17, a few weeks ago, DeMar Hamlin. We know the story. It's been a miraculous recovery. And here we go again. I'm not I'm not sure if you're surprised that most shops are moving to six. Remember, mostly five and a halfs yesterday, but you take a look there. BetMGM sitting six with the bank with the uh, Bills laying it. You know, I I am surprised by you know I, I, what I'm surprised about is the fact that 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 Buffalo you know is getting like they're now the 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 month that's it's going above a field goal right. Uh, which tells you that Cincinnati's not the same team that they were last year. But I don't think Buffalo's the same team either. But I would say this. I think McKenzie back, you know, McKenzie being back, the guy had 42 catches for him this year. Now, he only averaged 10 yards a catch, but he gives them a legitimate inside slot with some speed, right? 
So that helps. But I think this game really, if you're betting Buffalo, what you're saying to yourself, and this is what I would be saying to myself, is Buffalo is going to the six-back offense. They're going to allow their best player, Josh Allen, to be the focal point of the run game and the passing game and that they're going to protect the football at a very high level. They're going to protect the football at a high level. And I, th- I think that that is the case, you know. And so, you know, when they beat Miami, they didn't protect the football. Their defense was very susceptible to problems. But now with a week off, I mean, now they have a chance. I think Cincinnati will move the football. I think it'll be a game where it'll go back and forth early. But once Allen can get control of the game and they play within him within the six-pack offense and they don't try to throw nine routes or run it, I think they have a better chance to control the game. Uh, and, and I think that's why. I think it's a more of a field goal-type game. I think this five-and-a-half kind of is, is why it's moving back. I think today here at the Borgata, the Borgata, we're still at six here at the Borgata. Well, remember, Buffalo entered their game against Miami, a 14-point favorite, nearly blew a 17-0 lead, clinging to a three-point win, Michael. And then the Bengals, meanwhile, were eight-point favorites against, of course, the Ravens and needed that 98-yard fumble recovery and touchdown from Sam Hubbard. So these two teams kind of coming in with weird vibes around them. Of course, the injuries to the Bengals across that offensive front. Yeah, and you know, it's a lot of it is is when you have injuries with now Jackson Carmen's going to play left tackle and how how you handle it. At least you could game plan around it. But how many plays can you really throw? Can you throw it downfield? And is McPherson going to be the same McPherson that he was last year in the playoffs? I, I mean, to me, that's the hard one. We've seen Burrow do it without protection, and it's not like the Bills have a front that is overly intimidating. Specifically, as you've mentioned, without Von Miller. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, can they, can they, the key's going to be can they block Ed Oliver? That's going to be more of the problem. Going to be fascinating. We'll find out. Again, you can find a five and a half if you want to lay it with the Bills. You can find a six if you want to take that key number with the Bengals. Bengals perspective next. Ben Baby, ESPN, here on the Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line, the the man, Michael Lombardi, there at the Borgata, back on the throne. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in Ben Baby, does a great job on the Bengals beat for ESPN, and we're going to talk about... Uh, obviously, the Bengals, Bills, the number, by the way, split. You can find five and a half at some shops. You can find six at others. As we say hi to Ben, a funny anecdote before the show started. Ben was saying his wife was sending pictures from Cincinnati of nonstop snow, and you escaped the <laughs> snow up the Buffalo. Is that, the, is that the way it's going, Ben? And welcome. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not really how I thought it was going to happen. Uh, you know, you figure you're going into January in Buffalo. You're going to get a little bit of snow here. And it, it, the weather has been it is cold-ish. I mean, I think it's all relative, but for, for considering what you normally get here, not that bad. Meanwhile, there's a lot of white on the ground in Cincinnati, but it looks like we're going to have some pretty solid conditions for football, and I think we're expecting a really good game here. Yeah, so Ben, we, we talked off air. Jackson Carmen's going to start at left tackle. Uh, they've got a bunch of moving pieces. What's your sense of, will they alter their game plan because of this offensive line? Will we see more quick throws, or are we going to see him trying to hold the ball and work it down the field to chase? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we, we broached that topic throughout the week, and it sounded like they weren't going to alter the game plan a ton. Now, that remains to be seen. We'll see how this game progresses. You know, if Buffalo starts to get a lot of early pressure, if it looks like they can't run their normal offense, the Bengals obviously will have to adjust. We saw that last year in their playoff game in the divisional round, actually, against Tennessee when Joe Burrow was, was sacked an ungodly amount of times. But When you look at it, Joe Burrow has done a good job this year of making sure he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, That's been a point of emphasis, something that he's taking a lot of pride in. And I think it's going to depend on what the defensive structure looks like from the Bills. If they decide they want to play a lot of cover two shells, a lot of two high safety shells, in that case, Burrow will take that first read. And if it's not there, he will check it down. He has not wanted to hold the ball an extensive amount of time. He's wanted to balance the need for getting those explosive plays and just moving the offense along and then putting them in good situations. 
Ben Baby joining us here on the Lombardi Line. It, it's almost like it's been a whirlwind. I would imagine you haven't slept much in three weeks. The team's the same. Can you kind of illustrate and walk us through what the last three weeks have been leading up to this rematch? Of course, the traumatic event there with Demar Hamlin in Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be a really unique game because they they met the last, you know, there's just three weeks ago, and we all know what happened with Demar Hamlin, and you know, in the days, you know, following the, his cardiac arrest, as people were wanting uh, positive updates, I think that's when it was really the toughest for the Bengals. You could tell, you know, they they were just hoping that that Demar was doing well, and as that week progressed. And you got more positive updates. You've, the Bengals felt better. And, you know, Joe Burrow even went on to say that, you know, having him now out of the hospital, you know, seeing his current condition has allowed them to feel better about playing football again, which I think is a, a very big statement. And as, you know, you've seen, the, the, as time has gone on, you've seen the Bengals continue to move forward and, and, you know, in stride with those updates they've gotten on DeMar. And I think it's helped them, like, like frankly, a lot of the country kind of move forward and enjoying the game and being around the game, which has been big. And so I'm expecting this to be much like a normal normal game day experience. You know, we'll see how it feels when they get on the field and they share the field with Buffalo for the first time since that night. But all the conversations we've had with players and coaches leads us to believe that this will be a normal game for them. Yeah, it will be a normal game for them as they move forward. You know, they kind of get past that. But to me, when we talk normal game, I'm having a hard time visualizing what Cincinnati can do to kind of alter because of their offensive line and how they're going to handle it and how they stop Buffalo. One of the things that I thought they did a great job was, you know, last year they were able to get control that they were good on third down and they played so well in the second half. But this defense to me, and I'd love to hear your commentary on this, this defense to me isn't the same level that they played with last year. They don't rush the passer the same, and I don't think they're covering the same, especially without Cheedy out as the starting corner. Yeah, with that, with that Chidobe Awuzie, that's definitely he was definitely their top cornerback right now. They have you know Eli Apple and rookie Cam Taylor Britt, who has gotten better, but he's still a rookie, and I think that's going to be a big matchup to watch in this game. You know, obviously you're going to have to figure out how to stop Stephon Diggs, and he's a guy that even when you've got him doubled, he's going to make great plays. And seeing what Lou Anarumo does schematically, uh, that's going to be the big question. And I think the matchup in this game, as much as we talk about the offensive line. I think it's going to come down to the amount of turnovers and that turnover margin with this guy on the screen, Josh Allen. If the Bengals can bait Josh Allen into some turnovers, into those turnover-worthy plays, Cincinnati's got a really good shot of at least covering or really beating the whole thing outright and winning this game. But if not, I think you know Cincinnati's going to have a tough time you know, here in Buffalo. And Lou has done a really good job in this Bengals defense of trying to bait opposing quarterbacks all season into those turnovers. We saw Tyler Huntley uh, succumb to that in the wild card game and, in, you know, in a, in a play where the linebacker normally takes the wheel route and the running back going down the sideline, he ended up dropping in his zone. It was a double team on Mark Andrews ends up with an intercept. We all saw uh, what they're calling, I guess the fumble in the jungle with Sam Hubbard and that 98 yard return. They know that turnovers win playoff games, and if Josh Allen commits them, the Bengals are looking to take full advantage. Ben, you just said it. This is a team in the Bengals. They've won nine straight. They've gone 7-1-1 ATS during that stretch. It's a gambling perspective, but you just said this is a team that has a chance to win. I, I said as we were introducing you, this number's got up to six. Doesn't that feel disrespectful to the Bengals here? Yeah, you know, they they have talked. There's been a lot of questions to them about, you know, maybe, you know, are you disrespected by all the tickets that have already been sold for the neutral site game in Atlanta, being the underdogs, not being perceived as the reigning AFC champions. And at this point, you know, the sense we got and, you know, I spoke to Joe Mixon earlier throughout the week and, you know, brought it up on SportsCenter earlier in the week is that the sense is that they've been locked in and they understand the task at hand. And there's been a lot of conversation about this being a big game, all of that. And Joe said, you know, the game is big in and of itself. Like we know what round it is. We know it's winner go home. And they're not really too, you know, earlier in the season, there may have been some chatter about being disrespected, this, that, and the other. Even into that week 17 game, Mixon made it a point to say, we're the big dogs of the AFC. 
And in the days leading up to today, you haven't seen that kind of bluster or bravado. And I think that's been very intentional. They've wanted to make sure they've been focused, they've been locked in, and they know the task at hand. They know how good Buffalo is. So whether they feel disrespected or not, you know, that's publicly not something they're worried about. They know that if they go out there and play their game, they feel like they should have a good chance in being back in that AFC title game. You know, uh, I don't understand how how Lou Amaromo, nobody even talks about him as a head coach. Like, does that ever – do you ever broach the subject with him at all? Like, I know Brian Callahan. I've known Brian since he was 10 years old. And, you know, Zach Taylor calls the plays there and runs the offense, and Brian is getting head coaching interviews. But Lou can't get a sniff. Uh, has he ever commented on this at all? You know, not something that we he's publicly talked about. I know last year he was in the mix a little bit. I believe he got he had an interview. I believe. Uh, with Denver, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I would have to go back and double check. But I know for a fact he did uh, get at least some looks, and we'll see how that continues. You know, if he goes out, I think this is going to be a big couple weeks for him. If his defense goes out there, stops Josh Allen, they end up stopping Patrick Mahomes in the following week, get back to the Super Bowl, you would have to imagine that people will be knocking on Lou's door, seeing if he'd be interested. And I'd have to imagine he would be, given that he went through the process last year and accepted that interview. And you, when you talk to guys in the locker room, this is Anna Rumo's fourth year as a coordinator here in Cincinnati. And the level of rapport that Anna Rumo has with the players, the dialogue that they have, that I think that's something that really sticks out. It's to the point whenever, you know, players feel comfortable or uncomfortable with certain looks, certain packages. There's a two-way dialogue, and Lou wants to put them in the best positions possible. And if you're looking for a head coach, that's a trait that you need. You need to be able to have that back and forth. You need to know what your players are good at, what they're capable of executing. And that's one of the reasons why Lou has been able to kind of tailor, tailor some of these defensive looks on a game-by-game basis and when he's doing that, he's not taking players out of the techniques that, that are they're comfortable with. He's doing he may be asking them to do different things, but they're within the scope of what they normally do. And that balance is why this defense has been so successful, and especially in some of these big games. Okay, Ben, can't say goodbye without a prediction. So both teams a little shaky last week. We've been looking forward to the rematch here. We've got six on the number, 48 and a half on the total. What's your thoughts here as far as a prediction? You know, I'm taking Buffalo, but I'm taking the Bengals to cover. I think that's a large point spread. Uh, you know, this deep in the postseason, you really don't see, especially when you get into this round, I mean, seeing a six-point spread on some of these books, you know, that's that's a lot of points. And I think that, you know, Buffalo, while Josh Allen has been susceptible to turnovers, I feel like this will be the game where he maybe doesn't have that happen. And in that case, I do like the Bills to win this one. Okay. Awesome job, Ben. He's avoiding the snow in wonderful Buffalo, New York. Ben Baby, hope Ben you get back home Baby. Safe, ben. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, hope you get back safe. Okay, thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Bengals reporter ESPN at Ben underscore Baby. Appreciate you, Ben. Enjoy it. So that is, that's kind of ironic. His wife is dealing, she's shoveling snow yeah. in Cincinnati and he's chilling yeah, in the sunshine there. Although, but it, you know, the, I thought the key thing he said, though, is they're not going to change what they do. I mean, this is where I have a problem with Zach Taylor. He's going to try to get five out. I mean, Burrow's going to get sacked today. I'm just telling you. Bucket is next. Brian Broaddus with with the Dallas Cowboys. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. 
Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay with at least four legs on any pro football game today. If all the legs of your parlay hit except one, you're going to get your stake back and free bets up to $25. So again, one-game parlay wager over at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Log into your account, download the app right now. Again, $25 back on that parlay bet. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. You got to be 21 years or older. Promotional offer not available. Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Brian brought us one of Michael Lombardi's old scouting friends. We call him 1-800-BUCKET, I believe is the way Michael lays it out. 105.3, the fan there in Dallas. Love of the star pod. And he joins us talking, of course, Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers. Bucket, how we feeling? Patrick, it's good to be with you and Michael this morning. Happy uh, divisional playoff round as we get ready for this. Yeah, we got some chili cooking today, Brian. We making some chili. What do we got? Red beans and rice going. What do we have cooking? Man, you know me too well. You know me way too well. Yeah, we got the uh, big pot of gumbo, actually, some seafood gumbo going today, uh, cooking for the crew uh, here at the station. We got uh, Cowboys pregame show rolling at uh, 2.30 Central and uh, hopefully get this thing in the right direction as uh, this football team visits Santa Clara. Yeah, let me let's start off with the kicker, Brian. I mean, I I would have a hard time. I don't know about you, but like I I ha, I would carry I would have carried two kickers into the game because if Maher misses the first extra point of the first field goal, everything falls apart. It's it's a house built on stilts. So I know they didn't bring the kicker up, but what's your thought about the kicker and your confidence in the kicker and the people you've talked to in that building? Yeah, Michael, um, it's a it's a excellent question because after you know you don't expect your kicker to go out there and miss extra points. And you know the previous week against the Commanders, he missed an extra point on a bad operational problem. Uh, the snap was low. Uh, the punter Brian Anger smothered the ball, got it up, got laces away, still pushed the kick out to the right. No good. Only points that Dallas had. The only touchdown Dallas had that he had an opportunity to kick, and then he gets in the Tampa game. Pre-game, if we could go back to pre-game, Buccaneers, Raymond James Stadium, they resawed uh, the middle of the, the field. Maher is a kicker that kicks on the left hash traditionally. When he attempts extra points, he's going off that hash. So pre-game, he's out there checking the surface, walking around. You know, guys I was talking with said, hey – he was kind of patting down certain areas, kind of, you know, was he a little bit spooked by what was going on? Maybe you had new sod, old sod on a hash. Maybe you had some uneven sod there. Uh, there were a lot of things that, that could have gone in, but he was awful. We now fast forward to this week. Um, you know, they bring in a, a, a kicker to put on the practice squad. Uh, you know, Maher now is working in practice. Uh, I do work at the star quite a bit. Uh, I was out there in the morning uh, watching, and he was out there with uh, he was out there with his uh, uh, his whole team, uh, the holder, the operation, everything was out there in order to uh, you know to try and practice some of these kicks. So 
Now we get to practice. Six for six in practice from various links in the field, grass surface, swirling wind conditions, and made all six kicks. So we'll see what happens uh, with the conditions, and we'll see what happens. We'll monitor what's happening in pregame uh, for him as well as uh, as we get ready for this game. But, yeah, you're right. The, the one saving grace that the Cowboys have is the last extra point that he did kick, he knocked down the middle. So, you know, maybe that's something that could, uh, you know, he can carry that going forward now. Brian Broadus joining us here on the Lombardi line. Outside of the kicker, the Cowboys were exquisite. The course correction from the Commanders game to the Buccaneer game. What was the difference there, Brian? Uh, yeah, you wanted to call me Bucket, didn't you? I know what you're I, 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 The Bucket's in my head. I can't get over the nickname. I love it. Go ahead, Bucket. Brian, bu- Brian, Brian, Bucket. If Bucket, I'll answer too as well. One eight hundred Bucket. The one eight hundred Bucket. But yeah, the I, the correction was, and I know that you guys all week long leading up to this game, and you know, and the way you guys uh, evaluate you and Michael, the Buccaneers don't rush the passer. It was how are you going to be able to handle the middle of their defense? How are you going to be able to handle Vita Vea? And how are you going to be able to handle these linebackers? When the Cowboys got into a situation where Jason Peters, uh, during the game right before the uh, the end of the half, he's on a he's trying to extend a block in pass protection. He gets hurt, and now they're having to shuffle back their linemen to originally what they were. Uh, you know, with Connor McGovern playing left guard, they kicked Tyler Smith out to left tackle, and now they're going about their jobs. But what they were very comfortable doing was that Tampa wasn't going to rush the passer. And even when Tampa brought blitz, then, you know, guys like Pollard were able to slide across, make a blitz pickup. They were very comfortable blocking the front. Buccaneers didn't cause any problems. Early in the game, Vita Veda had the sack. But other than that, Tampa was really non-existent when it came to their pass rush. So that was something that was really uh, the clean pockets. The Buccaneer uh, secondary just wasn't good enough on the back end playing coverage. And, you know, you you get Schultz going in the game. You get CeeDee Lamb going in the game. And finally, Michael Gallup showed up in this football game, which they really haven't had all year. Yeah, and so let's go forward. All right, how are they going to block this front, and what do you think their plan of attack is against the 49er defense that I think you can move the football on? I mean, this isn't the 2000 Ravens. To me, they 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 generate their ability from their offense getting the lead. So how do you think they're going to attack them? How is the great Kellen Moore going to attack them? One of your favorite OCs, no question, Michael, about that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the the thing that the thing that they play that wide nine, and you know when when you get San Francisco gets into a two minute game, they're hard to beat. You know they get in that when all of a sudden it's all about rush, rush, rush. You know Dallas isn't good enough though when it comes to their screen game, but they're good enough when they come to their draw game. They've got with Tony Pollard. They've got the ability. They've run some draws in the past that have worked against teams that like to get up the field. That's what the situation you have with Bosa is these guys want to get up the field. Their pass rush is a little bit disorganized as far as lane integrity and gaps and things that they take. So Prescott's got to be ready to attack. If he sees opportunity to run, he's got to be able to run. Make them pay for that. You're going to get a ton of zone coverage in there. You know, we'll see if, if in fact, if they get the man that you can take advantage of it. But key is going to be able, how do you handle Nick Bosa in this game? Do you make him have to even extend further outside by putting a tight end over there? Do you put a wing over there? Do you chip him with a back? You know, these are all things. They got Tyron Smith on the right side there. You know, and Tyron Smith played really one of his better games last week against the Buccaneers. He and Zach Martin are finally getting that continuity down with the right guard and the right tackle over there. So they got to feel pretty confident that if Bosa lines up on that right side, then they'll be able to handle that one-on-one. But I think you're going to see some help, some chips, some make Bosa have to rush a little wider if, in fact, they go over on the other side against uh, against Tyler Smith over there. Create those opportunities. Uh, I had some coaches this week tell me about bubbles, moving tight ends. You know, I think that's a really a brilliant plan when it comes to moving the ball in the 49ers. 
The impression I got with the conversation with you and Michael before the convers- before the show started here, Bucket, was the quiet confidence there in Dallas. Are you confident with the Cowboys headed to San Francisco here? We don't know what Cowboy team is going to show up, really, to be honest with you. The one that played against the Commanders when they needed to win in order to have a chance to win the division. They came out there and laid an egg. They were outstanding against Tampa. They've had times this season where they played really bad in games and then bounced back and played like really well for four games after that. So yeah, it, it's it the confidence. Sure. Like Michael's talking about you block this front. You can make some plays on their nickel. You can make some plays on their safety. Hafunga, you know, you match some guys up, you know, but you just can't go out there and allow the 49ers to do what they do defensively. These are the types of games that Leighton Vander Esch really thrives in the linebacker because when it comes to a team that wants to run the football, he's generally pretty good. He's kind of the glue that holds things together. We'll see how healthy Curse is, uh, the safety. He does another uh, a great job, him and Wilson. But they've also, let's see what happens with Hankins. You know, when these teams played last year in the playoffs, you know, Jonathan Hankins wasn't a part of this run defense. So we'll see if, uh, if in fact, making the 49ers have to deal with him and Leighton Vandrush run into the ball with Wilson and Curse also helpful. Uh, you know, there has to be a little bit of a, some, some good confidence going forward, Dan Quinn. I think he's going to have to do some things, not just with Micah Parsons, but maybe some slot blitz, safety blitz stuff, try and get to Brock Purdy before he could get that ball out. Okay, Brian. Great work, Brockett. Great work. We love it. Thank you, my <laughs> man. We love it. Brian Broad is better known as Bucket. 105.3 The Fan. Love the Enjoy. Star Pod. Enjoy the game today, you, Brian. Man. Appreciate you very Thank much. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you guys. Take care. At Brian Broadus on Twitter, a.k.a. Bucket. When we come back, I want to get, we're, let's dig into probably the best matchup of the weekend. Two opportunistic defenses as well. Cowboys 49ers will get Michael Lombardi's take next here at Lombardi Line. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.